Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Did Kevin Bacon find Jimmy? Did Aldous Hodge figure out a way between that blue cone of silence and what is going on with Jonathan Tucker's money behind that mirror? This is City on a Hill. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz how we doing, folks? Episode 3 of City on a Hill. I'm here with Kevin Undergaro. I'm so excited. Four years in the making, man. Hey, four years and two massholes finally get to work together. <laughs> I'm Coy Jondro. I'm from Lowell, Mass. This is a Chelsea man, if I remember Kevin, correctly. No, 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 no. Uh, Medford boy, but worked in Charlie, Charlestown, oh, that's right. for 10 years during this time period. That's perfect. So it's uh, it's a little bit painful to watch. Because it brings back so many dark memories. For me, it's the ramifications of the time. And so you're going to experience the end time, and I'm experiencing the things that happened because of the show. So it's a perfect perspective. Yeah, I think so. And you're Lowell, so yeah. you know, like, that's just as this tough. This is all history. Hardcore, <laughs> hardcore. Uh, you know, Charleston now has been gentrified. I don't know if you guys have talked about it. I went it. to Southie last, uh, last year, and there was a Whole Foods across from a Yoga yeah, Works, it, and it was uncomfortable. That's right. It's a whole different world. But here's the thing I like gentrification. I, I, I confess because it's progress. Sure. And these are these were all be architecturally beautiful houses, yeah. and it's nice to see them renovated and redone. And loving you know, families, it, loving homes. Yeah, you know, because for the what appears to be like nice, um, you know, there's just a lot of darkness. I mean, yeah. th- this city was that Charlestown Code of Silence is real, was real, and I remember even when I worked there, it was like listen, the, the I think it was the least amount of uh, murders solved. In the city in the United States was in Charleston. That's how uh, how tough it was, and everybody was just shady and yeah. dark and negative and sketchy. And we were always being robbed. And Lowell in the we early two thousands was even afraid of Charleston. Like that. That's and Lowell was the Lowell crack was so capital. Of the, yeah, we got an HBO documentary high in cracks. You know what it was with Lowell? Lowell, Lowell just wasn't organized. Yeah. So you you had the dark city people, but you didn't have like Charlestown was organized. Yeah, was you organized guys had a crime, crime syndicate versus yes. we had chaos and gangs. And you know you have the projects there, and that's why that there will all as long as the projects are there, there's always going to be what's going on. But um, but it's because the real estate there is so close to Boston. It's such a great place to live. It's been cleaned up considerably, and, and I love it, because yeah. I was one of the honest people working there, and we were always being robbed. We had a commissary, and I worked in the carnival business, and, you know, we would store all of our equipment and our food or whatever, and when I tell you every week we were fighting them off, we were being robbed, we were being jumped, we were being, it just, it was just like endless, and all you could do is slow them down. And you and I were talking right before air, how many Jimmys we knew, how many Frankies we knew, these characters are literally people that we've experienced, I still know Jimmys that went exactly to Florida. Yes, yeah, and Florida's the big, like, runaway yeah. for them, and what I like about this show is that they're touching on the Italian and the Irish, and they yeah. mentioned it on North this episode. North End is definitely not North, our district. Well, North Shore, yeah. there's North Shore and there's South Shore, and the South Shore was, back then, was very Irish, North Shore was Italian, so it's very interesting that 
that they did you see the crossover? I love that with um, with Bacon. And I just think Bacon is killing it. I think some characters are doing the accent superbly. Others are doing more New York. It's overall stronger than most shows. For me, it's an I, overall. I think that's better, Matt. Yeah, because I know from at least working with the Wahlbergs, they're very um, they're very particular about it. But knowing people who know Ben and Matt and how involved they are, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're sticklers. But I think acting wise, and I've always said this, it's the hardest accent to capture. Absolutely, because it's, it's barely an accent; it's saying words wrong. You, it's hard to teach if you don't grow up with it, right? Because it's how not did you like avoid it because you don't have I, any. I, I dropped it the, the moment I could. I I, I worked on like because I came out here as an actor, so when I was doing any accent, I sounded like a Boston person with other things on top of it. Can you still do it? Uh, when I'm there, it comes back, but I can't bring it back. So my problem was I'd put like a southern over top, and I just sound like I couldn't speak English. Gotcha. So I, I what I did was I walked. YouTube's of people with different accents, and I tried to find like a neutral. So I, I worked on this and brought this down, Good brought job. this up, and I, now I don't sound like I'm from anywhere. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't. Um, but but acting wise, it's so difficult. I think Bacon because he's Bacon. Yeah, he's killing it. And um, you know, obviously, DeCourcy's from Brooklyn, so he's mm-hmm. fine. But I, I I hear a lot of people what they end up doing is they go to kind of a New York. They just add the thickness. They don't add the the syllables. Yes. Because the R isn't as cartoonish as other people think it is, and when you do it wrong, it sounds like you're trying to do a Boston yeah. accent. Yeah, and so I, 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 if I were the writers, I just I would almost rewrite people that they they moved in from New York or whatever. And the it's authenticity. So hard. What what I like about the show most is that they actually capture towns that don't usually get in the movies, and they talk about instances like I've never heard Lynn referenced in like Lynn. the Departed or the town. Like it's it's used right Lynn, here. Quincy. Yeah. We heard about Quincy. We heard about Revere. Revere we, Beach. Seeing it on camera was like, yeah. It was great, and I and I and I'm noticing, um, and I, I should have done the research, but I'm noticing a lot of authentic Boston actors. Mm-hmm. And I think that's totally Ben and Matt. And I guarantee the day players are authentically Boston. That's and what, yes. and the extras are 100 Like, you look at these faces. Yes. They, they've lived some New England winters. Yes. Oh, my God. And just the style and how those... It, it's For me, it's post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, yeah. I'm literally having to fist fight these guys, be jumped by them, and know that they'd be willing to stab or kill, and then there's, there would be no repercussions. And the cops, like Kevin Bacon, I, I mean, it was getting better in my childhood, but it was still the cops were so corrupt or corrupt adjacent mm-hmm. that Kevin Bacon, some of his monologues, I'm like, I've heard this shit. Corrupt adjacent is the best term for it <laughs> because in their mind, that was being a cop. It's just doing your job, doing and, your it's, job. and it's you making the money. The government won't pay you, so you're due. Is what I always like, you know, experience on the side. Yeah, and for the ones you know, we haven't seen Kevin Bacon put his hand in the till. Yeah, but, we're, but you know. The way he that first episode, he's dropping the N word like it's nothing. Yeah, um, he's willing. To, he'll break any law to get what he wants in terms of solving the law. I mean, these were all things that, unfortunately, this was the bad side of a uh, Boston police. I will say, to, to in their defense, infinitely better now. In their defense, but even not yes, much better now because I know my brother's a policeman, and I have two, uh, three friends from college who are policemen. And one, one of the things that started happening in and it started happening in the nineties was more they made it more appealing to college educated. Oh, interesting. Males and females, and so with that has come a degree of sophistication. Absolutely, and which is which. So it's made it better. But I will say, what I being in L.A. literally. My car was vandalized. I caught the three. You know, it was a really nice antique car that I finished myself. I caught the three guys, and rather than fight, fist fight them, and I know you're a former fighter because most Boston guys, like, we just you all have know, to be. It's a pay, way, way of life. We all know how to fight. But I was like, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to call the police. I called the police, and the LA police came out in their own good time. And <laughs> when they and when they got there, it was they just 
I'm with my my girlfriend at the time, um, and you could tell we were like the nice couple, yeah. and you know we we and these were like degenerates, and he just was he the couple up to me goes well, what did you do to make them do that to you? I'm like excuse me, another time we've been I mean we I've had shootings when we we were in a pretty dangerous place when we first moved out had shootings happen called the police they showed up two weeks later what I what I miss about Boston. Was like stormtroopers, yeah. and they took it personally. And Boston you know? cops protect their own and their citizens. There, there's a pride to Boston That's that right. is so real. So, and they'll break the law to do it, which sucks. But, but sometimes greater good. Exactly. So, like a Boston cop would have would have said to to my wife and I, or my girlfriend at the time, would have said, "Oh, really? Well, you two just go back up to your place. Yep, we'll take and, care of and this. We'll take of it from here. Yep." And, and we wouldn't need to know what happened to those no, two guys. No, and I never would have. And you know what? Those people would have never bothered me again, and they would have learned their freaking lesson. And the Boston Marathon was a testament that nationwide saw Boston Strong being represented yes. in a way that it, no one got arrested for the stuff that got happened in those houses. Like, when the cops went in mm-hmm. houses and they weren't there, whatever was happening on the table, that's it. it's fine. We that's didn't it. see a thing. That's and right. that's the, you know what I mean? Like, we that, that's for later. Yep. That's for tomorrow. Yep. We're looking for these guys. So, so I, And that's a great tangent into the beginning of the show. It really opens with... A powerful portrayal of how corrupt the Boston police could be at the time. Not all of them, but yes. how they could be. And racist and definitely, and, and, and yeah, they'll go there. And and the beautiful thing about the show when it opened was it dealt with racism head-on in the first episode, and mm-hmm. then this third episode is handling sexism head-on. So I'm really appreciating mm. how we're handling all of the issues of the times, and they're not skirting it. They're saying, hey, Jackie's in this freaking church, and she's being asked what she is doing wrong that her husband is cheating on. Oh my on. god, it's, it's, it, by the way, you guys, this is so the end of so many things. Mm-hmm. This is pre MySpace, pre Facebook, yeah. pre iPhone, pre millennial culture, pre Gen Z culture. This to me is the end yeah. of that world. You called an operator still. Yeah. Like there was no connectivity. Right. And I feel like um, Jackie is the dinosaur who's about to be extinct. Like this is the end. Of course, he's the new guard yep. coming in. But to your point, yeah, that was and that was Catholic life. It yeah. was what did you do wrong, Miss, mm-hmm. for him to have done this to you? It, a marriage is a two way street, but we're only going to look at one way, and it's not his way. So right. it's it's that guilt, and that's the old priest. Yeah, that, that was the attitude. And then, by the way, so and then when so many parishioners back there discovered during that time period all the molestation yeah. that was taking place within the community, that's when they were like, I'm out. And, and that's what women like this, like Jackie's wife, or it, it back in real life, were like, "I'm out, I'm yeah. out of this." But this, this is so interesting because, and I don't know if this is why they decided to center on this time period in this story, but this is this is the this is the beginning of the end. And I love that the show is shot in the time period style, so it feels like you're not watching a show about the early '90s. You feel like you're watching an early '90s show that takes Great place point. in the present. Great point. At no point do I think, hey, this is a period piece. I think, hey, I'm watching a show they just uncovered from 1993. Yes. And that makes it feel more like I'm I'm with them, not watching them. I don't feel like a voyeur. It's a great note. I'm an underdog with these people. Great note. And Jackie, I feel like, is this great through line to the everyday person. Jackie is the person that's surviving the Kevin Bacons and the Aldous Hodge, who's, Aldous Hodge is the good guy, but he's still the law. So if you're right. a Boston person, you always feel like you're below the law trying to handle yourself. Always. And I feel like when I'm watching this show, I'm like, I wouldn't trust Aldous or no. Kevin Bacon. No, because I'm the guy that might have done something ten years ago. I got to figure out. Yeah, and we and by the way, we're taught to be polite and scared because with of, of police. Whereas I, out here, I see guys wise off to cops all the time. And that's like, why I think cops have to retaliate the way they do out here. Is there's there's a different linear path. Cops out in Boston are respected to at least a point. Out yeah, here, it's yeah, they're just feared chaos. because they. You just know it's like yeah, keep okay. those knuckles. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. And, oh. and, 
Look who tripped and fell. Yeah, oh, so sorry, this baton fell in your hand while you were getting in the car. Mm-hmm. Like, the life happens. <laughs> so, I mean, not saying, you know, experience. But uh, the beautiful thing about the Jackie relationship with the priest is it reflects again with her mother-in-law. And her mother-in-law is also not not guilting her. Her mother-in-law is also in the old guard of, like, what are you doing wrong? He's the guy that's making oh, all these with, mistakes. Yeah, with Jenny. So so the mother-in-law, is, yeah, you know is going to start pushing this young priest on her. Yeah, and they, they make it really clear that the mother-in-law doesn't have faith in her. And neither does the priest. And she's got no one except for this young, handsome priest that's swooping right in. Yeah, you see the writing on the wall there. And I think that's a really clever way to show how Catholic Boston is without it being a show Mm -hmm. about Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Because we're not, we're feeling oppressed without being oppressed for religion. Yeah. And that's the show. And that's that's the beauty of the show is you're with them. And again, that time. Yeah, that's that time. That's it was at its peak. So I feel like Jackie was the lead of the show, along with Aldous, uh, who plays DeCourcy, and it went beautifully from the underdog, everyday person to the law and the lawyers and all those things. And DeCourcy, we've seen be corrupt in his own way by playing Kevin Bacon with those stories in episode two. Yep. We've seen him have to do some crazy stuff for the force and for himself. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to see with that beautiful speech how good of a lawyer he is. He's so good. This was such a lawyer episode where it was yes. like a few good men he's just coming out swinging. And and remember this was a in, by the way the one thing we haven't touched on so we talked about the Charleston Code of Silence what we haven't talked about is how segregated and divisive Boston was back then. Yeah. Now people cynics will say it's still like that now I will tell you if you go to a Red Sox game, if you go to a Celtics game, now compared to 30 years ago, you will see a vast difference. Absolutely. Multicolor, multiracial, and it's wonderful. But 30 years ago, no, it was all white people at those things. Blacks generally lived in Roxbury, yeah. and that's how it was. And it was, a, and to see that he is able to reach these people and see beyond color and yeah. see, hey, this could be your children, this could be you who was affected, and the way they, got, yeah, it was great. I love seeing him in action. And I was excited. Every word he said, the, the the editing of cutting to the faces at the exact right time, because you, in courtroom shows, a lot of times the extras are not as good as the leads. Right. So it was a really beautiful thing to see an actor at the height of his powers operating off of a great eyeline, getting these extra to actually emote in a way that right. they should I hope they got paid like you know what I mean like they, yes. they handled themselves well, like I actors would, I would think is are they featured because of that they'd have to be featured but they Which might not they be day have, players so uh, nobody spoke so therefore they could have just but been no, but there, I know in commercials there's a rule that because I know I did a commercial with my wife for Pantene and be, because the camera focused on me the amount a lot, of time yeah I end up getting paid the amount of time is, is going to make them featured but unless they speak more than three words they're not paid as a day player as far as I know so gotcha. I really hope they ca- they I seem to so have cast too. them well and I hope they have more work in the next episode uh, because that whole scene really showed the other side of what Boston's about is people think of Boston as this very dumb college broy backward racist but it is that no. with MIT, I think from the outside, yes, that's... you do see. And here's the thing, I will tell you, you know what the proof is on how smart Boston is? How many Ivy League schools we got? Well, there's the, but then the cynic would say, well, that's all the outside small world mm. to go there. Okay, no, I'll do you one better. And the, to me, this was proof. So I'll give you two things. One, Monty Pythons. So, so really going to date myself. <laughs> do you, have you heard of Monty Pythons? I know much Pythons? about them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very sophisticated fathers of this unique kind of comedy. Sure. Well ahead of their time. In the early 70s when they left England, which, you know, has always been very snooty about literature, very snooty about the creative, and very snooty about comedy. When they came to the United States and performed, they were booed off stage in Texas. You know, Californians 
were more polite but scratched their heads. Yeah. The place they were celebrated, Boston. No, I never knew that. Okay, I'll give you another one. So David Letterman, again, if you know your history of comedy, David Letterman, to me, was a revolutionary in comedy and what he did. Highly respected member of the, um, the comedic community. And when the Red Sox played the Mets and lost in that heartbreaking game back in 86, he told his writers, we're not making fun of Boston tonight. What do you mean, Dave? It's New York and the Mets. We're not doing it. Why? Because his Boston audience was so loyal. That's Boston incredible. was his most loyal audience. And why? Because Boston gets it. Then the third example I'll give you is that I remember I used to follow the top 10, um, the top 10 TV shows uh, in Boston and then the top 10 TV uh, shows in terms of viewership nationwide. Now, nationwide, the top 10 might be Home Improvement and lighter show the sure. nanny shows like that top ten in Boston Seinfeld you know Saturday Night Live um, Larry Sanders all the more sophisticated the highbrow stuff that's lasted so so and and I will tell you this as well that even the biggest degenerates in Boston have the most amazing senses of humor and they get every joke that's completely sarcastic very witty yeah so no it's a very smart and place. they can keep up in conversation in ways that other cities can't and I, I pride myself on my ability and to talk sh- to anybody and that's a right. Boston element that I was given from being around every that's type of person right and you know and I'll tell you shrewd and scary so I will say on the flip side is yes you get a good Bostonian salt to the earth generous will give you the share off their back. But you get a bad one, run. Yeah. Run. Yeah. Because you will never see it coming. They're the bit just like they said about um, Jackie's character in, in episode one, you'll never see it coming. That's a classic, classic Bostonian. Mm-hmm. Biggest con men in the world. Shrewd as shrewd, shrewd, shrewd shrewdest people in the world. Because we like to and think they're not obvious. Ahead. Exactly. We like to think a ahead. A New Yorker is like, oh, yo, morning on. He's obvious. <laughs> yeah. A Californian, you dude, hey. Obvious. Yeah. Boston, not obvious. And we're Scary. proud of that. There's yeah. a boss. There's a Boston. The I'm Boston not anymore. Strong. It frightens me. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm just calling it down the middle. I've had Bostonians. It's I have the love hate. So I have you, Coy, and Roxy, whatever. Like I just love. Can't get enough of. Um, and then people in Hollywood as well. Other people in Hollywood. No, then there's others who are just that side of Hollywood. Of yeah. Boston. I go. No, no. Get the f. I can't run away fast enough. So like for me, like we were talking about comedy. Like Bill Burr is a, is a perfect example perfect. of what I think is the modern. Look at Bill Burr, Louis. I mean, keep going. I'm saying Richard. Yeah, no, I'm, just, I'm saying Bill Burr always is like five steps ahead of what comedy's going to be. Because yes. if you look at his special from his last two specials, that's where comedy is now. That's right. He's always ahead of the curve. And I feel like that is another thing the show, bringing back to the show, Sitting in a Hill shows that this is a show set in 1993. And how many of these issues are what America's dealing with now? So Boston was dealing with some of the stuff head right, on. Right. And now it's a more of a national issue. And the criminals are five steps ahead. And then you see a guy like Jackie, even though he's an old timer and he's a drunk. And by the way, highly educated. Exactly. We find out from the first episode he's no joke. He's a highly he's a highly educated man, but just has his demons. But again, he's five steps ahead. And what I love about Jenny's relationship with Jackie is Jenny isn't weaker or less smart. And that's that's one no. of the things I love about nope. the show is it's just, she's in the nineties. They make the women as strong or stronger than the men because why mm-hmm. would you date someone weaker than you? Like no. mates don't that's end right. up with a weaker half. Right. You need to have that and equality. Those, and by the way, and the women, the gangster women back then were gangster. Ta- uh, Jonathan. Tucker's wife counting the money. Yes. That, which is one of my favorite scenes in this episode. It was mm-hmm. a blip, but her ripping that mirror off the wall and Jonathan Tucker's wife having so much command of what that relationship is. And that's a Boston woman. And her instinct was that, no, he got the money. And even though he didn't, we know that he went and found the money. Yep. And, that, and she saw it. 
before she saw it in her brain before her husband. And he counts every she counts every bill, she pulls up mm-hmm. every So I really love the relationship of the women in the show with the men, and I love that this nineties sensibility is showing what we need to today in racism being a problem from then, sexism being a problem right. from then, addressing it head on. And DeCourcy's uh, wife, Shaban, I love her characterization because we haven't seen a lot of her yet, but every time she's on screen we want to see more. And I feel like she's going to be a huge player. It's going to be huge. Like mid-season, she's going to be everything. Yes. And they've laid this groundwork beautifully. And and I think there's a little flirtation going on with her and one of the people over in the church. Yep. And obviously we we see DeCourcy and Rachel from Revere. You know the the investigator from Revere. I think there's something there too. Do you feel like there's a little sexual oh, tension? Oh, there's tension. Them? Yeah, and and I love that Shabon plays it. I think it might not be tension that she ever acts on, but she uses them to manipulate them. I don't I don't know if she's actually doing anything, not but yet. she's definitely playing that card. Not yet. Not yet. And that's why I think mid season we're going to well, see this. Well, we're going to. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's the right time to talk about, but this series I was saying to you earlier was based on Operation Ceasefire. Mm-hmm. So talking about being ahead of the curve, one of the other problems that they were having. Uh, with so much gang violence. Yeah. So it wasn't just the... By the way, Charlestown is the bank robbery capital world. I knew bank More robbers. More per mile I than any place. Them, and one of the guys I worked for was a full-on bank robber. That's what he did. And the carny business was his front. Wow. And um, and he would tell us all these stories. And I, and I remember being like, this isn't true, this isn't true. And then when I finally talked to some of the police, as I got a little older, because I had done it for 10 years, like, oh, yeah, no hardcore. We can't get him. He's the slippery. Wow. Yeah, you know. So, but but Operation Ceasefire took place during this time period, and what it was was a way to get gangs to stop killing each other, and and to get and it was uh, there was a professor named David Kennedy who ended up working with the Boston. He was a criminologist, and he ended up working with the Boston Police Department, and basically was like, listen. You guys applying more force and violence is just beginning more violence. Right. Very, very simple. Um, and that's when they all started working together. Now, you see the African-American police officer who goes into Corsi's office. He's old school. Yeah. He's like, you better tell him to stop or we're going to stop him. Right. And it's that old school way of you're going to bring force. I'm going to bring more force. Mm-hmm. What happened during this time period, and you're going to see it in the evolution of the show, is trying to find a new way. Like, let's get rid of the old way, and the new way is let's work together. And I don't know what they'll do with the show, and this is by no means a spoiler, but I will tell you with Operation Ceasefire, they ended up over a a few years, like, I mean, maybe even 60% down, and and I'll check out next week uh, shootings. And and again, talk about being ahead of their time. 60% This is exactly what a Chicago needs right now. And I know Chicago's bigger, but they're having the same problem between the, the city officials and the gangs. So this is where we're going to go. And I know with um, with Officer Minogue, mm-hmm. you know, who's a good cop, but again, has to play the system. Sure. Being sent in to figure out, you know, who... who what, Who's corrupt, which side what, is which. Well, what gang member did the shooting. Right. That that scene also, like, that felt so scary real. Like, that felt like moments... You've been in, in churches or in, like, public places when you see the wrong people come in and you don't know where it's going to go. And that's the worst case well, scenario. Well, to your point... Coy, is that that's what's going on today. Yeah. Someone comes in a movie theater yeah. and goes, oh, Jesus, like, is this the day? And to this day, it's terrifying to see someone walk into the left, look around and leave, and the rest of the movie, you're wondering why they came in. And that's ter- like that's awful that, that that's yeah. actually in the back of our heads mm-hmm. at all times. And, and this captured what that felt like. Mm-hmm. And I also think this captures, for people outside of Boston, what it feels like to just walk around day in the life, because you're meeting characters that feel approachable, but are still larger than life. Uh, Jackie feels very larger than life, but still like people that we know. But so, ma- yeah, but ma- Boston, that's massive. That's a There's lot of them. So- Bigger, bigger than life. Yeah, yeah. Such characters. By the way, 
that's why they're usually great con men because they're so charming and why they're usually great actors like no, no disrespect to every Boston actor but like you're good at your job well, because go back to what we talked about for the IQ and how high it is in Boston again another point I will make to back that up look at all the Boston um, actors and actresses and not only how good they are at their craft fine we have plenty of great actors then but think about what great businessmen and women they mm-hmm. all are. The roles they Dane end up in. Dane Cook, like look what he did, Revolution, right? Yeah. Um, ben and Matt, you know, great filmmakers, Revolution. Mark Wahlberg, hello, like yeah. you know, food chains and the Marky Mark song in this episode. Which is great, say? yes. <laughs> Phenomenal. Brilliant landing. Phenomenal. <laughs> Made my whole week. Same with me. I loved it. The but right time frame, the right town, the right, like it was right? perfect. Perfect. So again, but just going back to, and listen, my wife, Maria Menounos, look at the what an entrepreneur yeah. she is. Just Boston people, it's like. And so. every sports, not even to mention the empires, like just individuals and also what the teams are able to do with that certain savvy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's just something, big. again, great place to visit. And, and, <laughs> and, and I like how they've cleaned it all up, so it's a beautiful place to visit, but yeah. It's got a, it's got its merits. I love this. Sh- I love this show. So now Boston Strong is something that I think should be a special feature on this show because I I think every episode there's going to be a moment that shows us what Boston Strong mm. is for that episode. Boston Strong to me in this episode was the moment where you see Kevin Baker, where you see Jackie laying on the couch, and you hear the Wachusett commercial. Oh! That mo- I haven't thought of Wachusett in ten years. That was the sound of our childhood. That was, to me, so Boston Great. Strong is going to be a special. Every single week, the most Boston moment of the episode, to me, watch this. It. It. Blew okay. my mind. What was All yours? Right. My Boston Strong moment was when um, Jimmy gets caught. Yep. He's got his cocaine. He's in jail. He gets his one phone call. He calls Jackie. Yep. Okay, being the smartest that he is, he took the 18 grand. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. He gave, just a, he gave him a few crumbs worth of information. Didn't give him where the bodies were. Yep. Takes the money and runs. And now the reverse, where Jackie says to him, yeah. you know what? Now you get, just think of it this way. Close to your kids. You get to be close to your kids. Yeah. And visiting hours are pretty good. Take care. Boom. And yep. to me, that was the Boston moment of, you're shrewd, but I'm shrewder. Yep. And I'm also, because I'm a 90s cop, I'm going to be, I'm going to give you all your shit back, except I'm smarter than you. Yeah. So, F you and sit you you because to me like Jimmy just he kills me because he's such a weasel. Oh God, yeah, he's he's incredible. Oh, he's such a weasel and he's gonna make all his family members' lives horrible. Yeah, you know, um, man, and I don't I don't think we've seen the last of his his oh definitely ex wife and the kids. There's gonna be stuff with the ex wife and the kids. We're gonna see his stuff in prison, and I love that he thought he was two steps ahead, but Kevin Bacon was three steps ahead, and we're gonna see those ramifications throughout the series. He's gonna give up those bodies to get out. Yep, he's gonna get to that that cash in the mirror. Yeah, hundred percent. At some point, um, and man, like next week, you can see with the previews, it's gonna be crazy. I love that the mirror represents kind of like the Breaking Bad teddy bear to me. Where it's oh. this, this ominous looming item that makes you think, like, what's coming to that? What's coming to this? And I, and I keep thinking about that mirror, even though it's only in, like, five it's, minutes. It's so sad because the wife and Jimmy are so disciplined. Yes. So, we, so another thing I learned in the carny business, and I always talk about it on um, I always talk about it on my show and also in life, but they used to always, there was a guy, Filthy, his name was Phil, but we called him Filthy. Yeah. And Filthy would always say, you can scam all you want. But you got to work. And <laughs> yeah. what what they meant by that was you have to keep a day job. Yep. Because if you keep a day job and you have a W two form, yep. Um, then it's like the, the the police are less likely to look at you. Right. It's the guys that have no job 
but they have the new Cadillac. Oh, the nice triple clothes. decker and Southie. What's he yeah, doing? Yeah, and back then, exactly. That's, that's how you all find the it. crap they did. So the smart, the, the brother works at Purity Supreme. Shout out to old Purity Supreme, <laughs> yeah. which is now you know probably Shaw's like or whatever. Or yeah. Hannaford. Yeah, one of those um, star markets. <laughs> but but Hannaford, everybody. Hannaford. The last time I thought of Hannaford. Hannaford. <laughs> but but anyway, he works at Purity, and then the wife has her business, and then they're so smart they didn't take the two fifty and say let's go buy. She's working the books. Yep. We're, we're not going to spend the money fervently. We know we have to sit on it. Right. We're going to wash money. I mean, really smart. And this is why I can't stand Jimmy. Is such a weasel because he's the one who's going to ruin it all. He's going to ruin everything. And he's like so studiously working at a grocery store publicly. I like that he also has a public job mm-hmm. where people can come find him that's and be right. like, here I am with the cabbage. And that's what you do. That's the yes. move. Yes, that's the smartest move. Get so, scam all you want, but you got to work. Exactly. That's brilliant. I now, love by the way, I take it, I always take another step. Because I think it's life. Oh, I So I'll say to actors and writers and, and anyone who wants to be in our business, I'm like, you can scam all you want, but you got to work. And my version of that is you got to drive Uber. Yeah. 10 bar. Um, whatever it is. Have you, six you, months money in the bank. Yeah, you times. still have to work. I'm yeah. sorry. You all want to have the fairy tale life. And, yeah. you know, and especially today in our business, it's so challenged economically speaking, you know, but... Everyone just wants that, like, yeah, I'm 22, and I want to just be starring on a sitcom and making millions. And Sorry. No, you can scam all you want, <laughs> yep. but you got to work. You make time for this. So you do. That's right. So this is your privilege. So you gotta, you, you gotta, you have to work at something to make your money, and then your scam is the acting, the writing, right. the directing, whatever. And this is a damn fine Demoulis, everybody. I'll take that's it. That's it. So, <laughs> so we're at Demoulis right now, living the Demoulis dream. Now before we go, before we wrap up, we're running out of time. Next week, what do we have predictions for next week? Oh Where do you see it going? God. So, so TV predictions. Ooh. So what? It's gonna, what blows me away about next week and how rapidly this is going, a lot of shit goes down apparently next week. Yeah, the, the next week on looks insane. So you see, um, looks like Judy and, 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 and Jackie um, are, are, are going to get into it, okay? But then it, you see Jackie gets punched by somebody. Yep. So whatever ruffle, whatever feathers are being ruffled, I think by Jimmy. I think Jimmy's going to give up some more stuff. Yeah. But now it's going to go above Frankie's pay grade. Ah, okay. Because those, you know, guns and stuff like that, maybe there's organized, super organized crimes. Remember, right. like, remember um, Macaulay Culkin's brother playing playing <laughs> yep. that? We're going to see him again. Guaranteed. Because he mentions Frank Salemi. Mm-hmm. So I knew, I hate to say this, this is scary. I knew Frank Salemi's uh, son. Okay. And, um, Scary guy. He's no longer with us. He ended up dying of AIDS. Okay. Um, but uh, and not sexually, but through drugs. He was. Uh, yeah. But he was crazy. I so I worked at. A, um, I'll give you more information. So, I worked in the combat zone. Do you remember the combat zone? Do you you were probably a little little kid. It, what, what was it? Maybe I'll know in context. It was an area in Boston that had strip joints, uh, sex clubs, um, adult bookstores. You know, again, pre-internet. This is yeah. And this and and I've always said. And I bet you they'll mention it on this show. This is when it was collapsing. It was in the 90s that okay. it was going away. I was working there. Wow, okay. And sometimes when I didn't come out, my dad got sick, so I couldn't come out to L.A. to work in Hollywood. I would do the carny business in the summers. And then in the winters, I would work in the adult bookstore in the combat zone. It's like Mission Hill area? Was it over Satcham? Or? Uh, it's uh, near the hospital, uh, Mass General. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, um, and now it's Theater District. It's all cleaned up and it's high-end, but it was... Dark. It, I was. I mean, always getting jumped every time I went to Damn. work. But and then came to find out. Came to find out, which I didn't know, is that the people that ran the bookstore were the, were in cahoots with the people with the guys, the mobsters that were running the carny business. 
and they knew they were sharing me, and I didn't know. Jesus. And then there was a, someone's wedding, and I went to, and they were all at a table, and they laughed their asses off. In five years, you were flipping the, each other's money, or just like the they were, yeah, oh. and they didn't know. They'd be like, they, they and it was prearranged that they could have me in the winter, yep, and the other guys could have me in the you summer. Had no idea for no five years, freaking clue. But I, but the Salemi crew and all of them, and the, scary, scary people. And I did on three different occasions go by Whitey Bulger. And when I tell you the hair on the back of my neck just went up, mm-hmm. it was frightening. Just remember the quote in the first, it was the first episode yeah. about Whitey. He's oh, the biggest Whitey's myth the going. Boogeyman. Whitey, like the he Babadook. Was the boogeyman. If you guys have ever seen the Babadook, Whitey Bulger is the Babadook for Boston and he, was for he, years. And he is, he, man, he lived up to the hype. And I, I will tell you, like, I remember just shitting my pants, mm-hmm. shitting my pants, just being, I'm like, don't make eye contact. I was just in the bookstore. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to look at him. I don't, because scary. He looms so large when he got caught out here. I had phone calls where people were like, Hey, do you know anything about it? And I was like, what? Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. a presence. He's a presence. And I, and that's a whole other story. But what I think with Macaulay Culkin is eventually there's some bigger people. Yeah. Okay. That, um, and because Kevin Bacon's character is sloppy, because Jackie's sloppy, mm-hmm. he's not the clean-cut FBI agent, okay? He lives a sloppy life. So he's open to, you know, dirty, getting beat up. I see him you know. ratting people out to the bigger fish later in the season. I see him giving up people in some of his intel, and I think that could be a problem oh, yeah, for Jimmy. Oh, yeah, totally will. Like, he's going to flip, he's gonna and we're going to see where that goes. And, and I think we're also going to find out, I think the characters we've been talking about, like all the women in the show that are about to have those power plays, I think that's going to happen episode five or six. So next episode is going to be all of the, kind of like wrapping up these first four episodes, there's going to be a lot of chaos that leads to where the mid-season goes. So I think we're going to see a lot of power plays in the next episode. I think we're going to see a lot of like action and violence that's going to lay some drama for episodes five and six. Do you, so have you heard yet if there's a renewal? Have we heard? I haven't heard anything yet. I, heard. I personally haven't. All right, have we heard about the numbers and the buzz? Because I, I know there's a the critics. Critics love like it. Yeah. I've heard that it's it's got good viewership and I've heard that it's like its second episode had less of a drop off than normal. That's all I've heard so far about Which is like good. It was yeah. encouraging. So I think it's going to keep going. And I it's mean, I love, I'm love. You yeah. love it. The, the writer's from Quincy, and he gets it. Oh my like, god! Like he's definitely. I met this writer so three when, years ago. Are we getting him on the show? We should totally get him on the show. Yeah, let's go. Let's tweet at him. Yeah, because just drop after him and Nunos. Yeah, let's let's at get him. after Buzz. Okay. And he, and if he's out here, or at least he could call in. He was at a pool party like three years ago. And was talking about this show he's doing with Ben and Matt, and I was like, what? And then I saw his name in the credits, and I was like, that guy from that thing. The writer, or is he the creator? The writer. Oh, I think it's the same guy. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. showrunner. So we'll we'll try to get him on and absolutely love. Like, the most authentic Boston feeling show. I am I'm a huge fan of it. I uh, am. After all these years, man, we finally got to talk Boston I, professionally. Yeah, and I, I, I hope you'll <laughs> let me sit in some more. Oh, please, dude. Let's... And, and we have Kia, who's from Roxbury, right? Yeah. So, God, I can only imagine what her perspective is. The town, Mill City, and Roxbury on a show. Oh, man. Some of the best places in America, man. in my opinion. I stand by it. And the Angelos who got, you know, he brought down. So, Mike Angelo was kind of involved on a tangent with the Carney business. So, I... Was dealing with them and then skinning you in the bookstore. That's it incredible. Just, I mean, excuse me. Now I'm saying too much. I shouldn't have said that name. Forget it. But anyway, yeah, I don't well, want to talk. And I was and I was right after like the arrow right after you were like I knew uh, Golden Gloves, Mickey Ward, and all those guys. So it's it's really interesting to hear stories that led to like you know the Lowell side. So as this show develops, I'm sure more chaos will ensue, and we'll hear all about it next week. We'll be on, I believe, on Sunday, talking all more sitting on the hill. I love the show. Can't wait. See you guys Bye. next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. 
buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.